In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, recording at negative 8 degrees Fahrenheit. That's negative 22.2 degrees Celsius for you Canucks up there. Um, Thank you, thank you. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I am joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, uh, currently watching... The NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. Um, so I'm 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 distracted and good. <laughs> also joined, uh, as mentioned before, by our RCMP from up north, JLB. What's going on, man? It goes good, sir. I uh, I uh, you know it goes. What a vengeance pay per view. Um, yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. Just. Uh, pretty impressed compared to even Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble was decent, but I'm liking at least that we're getting some pretty good decent pay-per-views, but we'll save that for when we actually talk about it. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. All, all in all, I think um, I without saying that it's a spoiler for our talk about it, this was a great pay-per-view. You know, we'll just cut to the chase and say, um, if you haven't watched this, of course, if you haven't watched it, what are you doing listening to this show? Because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. Mm. But um, but you do need to watch it. It was a great pay-per-view all in all. And it sets the bar pretty high for future pay-per-views this coming month, like the AEW Revolution that will be coming up shortly. Well, in um, March. Yeah. yeah. I say shortly. That's still, like, three weeks, two weeks away. Three weeks. Yeah. I think it's three weeks because they pushed it, like, to the sixth. Anyway. Mm. Uh, but still, it, this puts the bar pretty high, frankly. Um, before we get into actually talking about this, because this isn't our normal WBU, because we had a pay-per-view this weekend, I think we just need to reschedule the WBU to later um, in the week from now on, because recording it on Sunday nights, almost every other week we're talking about a pay-per-view. Yeah, that's uh, legit right there. But... For this particular pay-per-view, we'll get into it in a second, but I do want to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So uh, once you're done with this review, uh, head on over to tatnusco.com. Check out the other shows on the network. Do it. We're going to go ahead and get into the review uh, because there's a lot to to cover for this here, here pay-per-view. And, um, and we're going <laughs> to... We're we're running against a, a a person who's still watching the pay per view, <laughs> so he's gonna be yes. distracted. We're probably gonna hear some oh shit coming from his side. We're about to, I think. You know? Are you fucking kidding me? I I'm gonna just go ahead and say off the bat <laughs> that that we're we're well past PG-13 for this episode, because just knowing what he's got coming up on his end. Um, it was, it was, so what I just watched was the Tony Storm 
getting the suplex by Mercedes Martinez, sort of a belly to back uh, superplex, but she got hung up on the rope, and then EO does the stomp. What the hell? It's just sequence after sequence after sequence. This is a great pay per view. Y'all watch. That's all I'm saying. Y'all watch. <laughs> this is kind of going to be a watch along slash recap. This will be fun. Yeah. Well, depending on how fast we can get through the first few matches, we might be uh, able to make it to the main event before you're too far into it. So, yeah. um, so we'll we'll go straight to it. Um, I don't think anything happened on the kickoff show. I didn't watch it because fucking tired of kickoff show. Well, maybe L.A. Knight is his name. Well, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the the big news out of it. Um, on the kickoff show, Eli Drake, now known as L.A. Knight, uh, showed up and officially signed with NXT. It had been rumored for a while, but now to have him there. Um, I think I think it's going to be fun to see him there. It's been a while since we've seen him on TV since he left uh, Impact. And so um, watching him, it's going to be fun. But that's about the only thing. I don't even think they had a match on the kickoff show. So... We will get straight into the first match of the night, which is the final for the premier women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Uh, we had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. That was a great match. Yeah, it was, uh, there's nothing bad to say about that. I mean, there were bad spots in every match, but the, the bad spots were so nitpicky in most of them that it's not even worth talking about them. Like, on I, this one, there was a point ahead. where Shotzi did a, a avalanche sliced bread that really didn't look very good. Um, but in the end, there was so much else going on in this match that I totally kind of forgot about it until reading through my recap, you know? I, I would say the biggest botch of this match was Ember stepped out of the way of a Dakota Kai spear, and Raquel caught Dakota Kai, but they were supposed to set up an, a, a double offensive by Ember on both of them, and she just kind of stood there and looked at him like, are you okay? You, you ready? Okay, are, are you guys ready? Yeah? yeah? Okay. What? I was like, something happened, and why is Raquel still holding her partner? <laughs> so it's kind of, kind of the same thing that I, you see sometime from Shotzi Blackheart. She's yeah. got the half beat and she doesn't quite know where she needs to go yet on some of the things. Um, but all in all, this was a great match. Uh, there's there's one thing that you could consider it a botch, but it, I'm not even calling it a botch because it really was just a error of camera work. You had uh, one of them. I want to say it was Shotzi in the corner on the ground, right? And Dakota Kai came running in to do one of her kicks in the corner. But based on the angle of the camera, you could see that she was kicking about 8 to 10 inches in front of Shotzi's face instead of kicking her face. And like right as it almost made impact, it's like they noticed and they changed camera angles really quickly. But it was one of those where I'm just like, yeah, yeah that kick isn't going to hit her at all. Um... But other than that, I mean, there were there were some, so many great things. Um, Gonzalez ended up uh, hitting her. I don't even know what to call it. It's a it's a choke slam power bomb that she does. Um, 
where I mean the person is basically up in power bomb, and then she picks him up and choke slams him down. Uh, it's a phenomenal move, and and to watch watch Dakota Kai and and Raquel Gonzalez uh, do it. Raquel Gonzalez specifically is is just so much fun to watch. So um, th- th- this was I mean, if there was a criticism to this match and many of the other matches uh, of the night the only criticism that you can really throw out is spot fest you know uh because they really they threw a lot of of big moves all over the place um so dakota kai and raquel gonzalez end up the winners the first ever women's dusty road tag team classic champions um and then now the number one contenders for the women's tag team titles. So I'm assuming we're going to see them come down to NXT now. Let's hope so. That'd be fun. Yeah, we get something different. Or are we gonna have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez head over to Raw? I, I would. Be, yeah, I would kind of like to see that too. Uh, I'm down for either as long as Nia doesn't injure anyone. Nia is still tag champs. No, no. Didn't she lose it? Um, I thought so, but you know, to be perfectly honest, things change so fast on Raw, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a valid point. Legit. Too legit to quit. Hey, let's yeah. see. Oh. WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. Currently, yep, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. They've had it for a month and a half now. If they pack anything more. In the first four months of the year, three months in a week, we're just gonna have to give up on wrestling for a while. Yeah, there's just so much there. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a totally random um, stat that I didn't know, and and I actually didn't know um, any of this to be perfect. The oldest champion uh, to hold the women's tag team championships is Shayna Baszler. Yep, I read that too. Um, what really blows my mind is how old Shayna Baszler is. 37. 42. 40. Split the difference. All right. But I wouldn't have put her at 40. No, yeah. it, it, so, without well, you saying that it's a surprise, I'd have had her at 34, to be yeah. completely frank with you. I, I would have put her, yeah, low 30s. Um, the youngest champion is Peyton Royce. Is just a baby at 26. Oh, and but anyways, are wait, wait, are they are they using the same theme as last year for WrestleMania? I don't know. I gotta be honest. Oh my gosh, they are. It's a pirate theme. They're still gonna go back to Tampa. Oh yeah, which would make complete sense if you know they didn't do a mania because of COVID. Then sure, you can rehash it. But you're yeah, just- you're gonna. You're going to really struggle to sell that to to Vince when they just did a Super Bowl at the same place. And it's about it. At 59 or 60% capacity. I still don't know why you just didn't just make a whole new thing out of it. Like, I get it. You made the whole pirate thing. Oh, let's just reuse it again. Like, no. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. When you're doing it in Tampa at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, it's hard to not use the pirate theme for it. Fair. Um, but there's no reason they have to do it in Tampa. Right. They chose that. They made that bed. Now they lay in it. Um, anyways, so the premier Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic Champions, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, they go and they celebrate on the ramp and 
uh, they make a mess with confetti and um, yay. And then we move on to what at least one and maybe two of the people on this call would put as match of the night. Johnny Gargano versus Kushida for the North American champion. I mean, it's as good as I thought it was going to be. So the only reason I say I think at least one, but maybe two, is because we've got D.A. Fabe on here, who's a Kushida mark, uh, but he has not seen the main event yet. So he can he might not feel comfortable saying match of the night to any match yet because he hasn't seen them all. But I'm over the vignettes though. Holy cow! Yeah, I fast forwarded through most of vignettes. They did a lot of that. You see, the one problem that I have with this, and it's absolutely not a problem with any of the wrestling and everything. It's just you gotta choose Valentine's Day to put on this pay per view. Are you kidding? Do you know how hard it was for a married guy me to to get away from? Yeah. How did you end up doing that? Um, a lot of puppy dog eyes, and then I watched a horror movie with my wife, uh, which ingratiated with me, uh, me to her. So then she said, "Okay, you can watch the paper." Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I, <laughs> but I was like an hour and a half late, so that meant anytime it wasn't an active match, I was fast forwarding. I feel ready. like it wasn't a long pay per view. I feel like they could have done. Well, I don't know how long this is, but there's not much of it left. I have 30 minutes left, so 36 minutes left. Um, and and I know that there's an attack that occurs afterward because it's already showing me the segment jump to that. So um, I feel like they could have had Santos Escobar on this. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they definitely could have. It was a lean pay-per-view, but it's, it's one of those things where I look at this and... I I don't see I I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I think if they would have added any more matches to this, it would have actually reduced the overall quality. With Santos Escobar? No. Even, even with Santos Escobar, the matches on this were so good top to bottom that, that even Santos Escobar, I feel <laughs> it would have brought the stories down. That's just me. Um, but anyways, Kushida versus the champion, Johnny Gargano. Of course, they, uh, you know, did the whole vignettes beforehand of, of, you know, what led into this. And then a very interesting thing to talk about before the match actually started, um, because it's obviously setting something up, but what we're not so certain yet. On their way to the ring, so it started, you showed backstage, uh, Kushida was already in the ring and showed The Way with Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, um, uh, Austin Theory, and oh, I'm totally blanking on her name now. The girl. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember so her name. Sexist. What is, what is <laughs> her name? I can't remember it. Well, remind me what you were saying and I can try to help you. Well, who who are the members of the way? Oh snap! Um, it's Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Austin Theory, Indy Hartwell. There we go. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, anyway, they're backstage. They're getting all hyped up and everything, and they they do their little group meeting, and then they start walking towards the ring. And on their way to the ring, uh. Austin Theory's at the back of the line, and you barely see it. And if you blinked, you missed it. But Dexter Loomis grabs him and chloroforms him. And they oh, get out there. I guess I missed that. 
Exactly. You blink and you miss it. <laughs> so they then even they talked about it on commentary. Yeah, they just kind of mentioned it, you know, and well, what happened to Theory? But so Gargano gets out there, does his pose, and uh, Indy and Candace behind him, and then he turns around and he looks and he's like, well, where's Austin? Well, fine, whatever, I got to do my match. He goes to the ring, and that's it. And that's all they really mention of it at all. Um, but it's a very subtle thing to see happen. But I don't know. It's, it's what's Tell the, a story for the future, though. Yeah, it's setting up a story for the future. Uh, but anyways, the match starts, and this match started off with um, a lot of mat-based wrestling, which is really good for these two particular wrestlers, right? They both are very skilled in technical wrestling. Um, but it also turned into just a, a, another huge spot fest sort of a thing. Just so many crazy... Oh my gosh. It was an crazy. innovation of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, un- yeah. Uh, yo, Kushida hit his, at one point, his off-the-top rope um, spinning into an armbar move, which always pops me. Jesus, yes. I I absolutely love that move. Um, at one point, uh, Kushida hit Gargano with a double underhook roll-through suplex to a bridge. Gargano defending the uh, superplex into the um, what I what I can only call a cork cork screwplex. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, very cool. A lot of times, uh, Kushida would have Gargano in some um, armbar. Arm whatever submission moves and and Gargano was able to get to the ropes and and a lot of them um you know, like one of them he got uh, caught in the hoverboard lock but Gargano actually got uh, over and put Kushida's neck under the top rope and then popped back oh, yeah. you know popped his neck on the top rope so many just fun innovative uses of of moves on, on yeah. um but in the end Gargano successfully defended the belt and is still the champion. Um, is it was absolute top tier. This is oh phenomenal match. It's really nothing I can I can nitpick on this match. Really, um, the only issue I maybe had is the commentators just keep on saying during the match, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Takeover. That now I get it because he wins all the takeovers. But can you please stop saying it so that... Because I, I realized halfway through, I'm like, oh, okay, Gargano's definitely going to win. They just keep mentioning um, it. Well, here's the deal. Number one, his name's Johnny Takeover, not because he wins at the Takeovers, but because he's on so many of them. He's um, actually been on more Takeovers than any other wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's lost quite a few. Oh, but, okay. But on top of it, uh, they got to sell those, sell those T-shirts, man. You know? Well, I mean... I would say the one that the, the commentary that bugged me the most is Kushida vying to be our first Japanese North American champion. Japanese North American champion. Japanese North American champion. Yeah, we got it the first yeah, 17 not- times. <laughs> I got it. He's trying to be the first Japanese North American champion. <laughs> over and over and over again. Yep, pretty much. So, but I mean, if that's the worst we get out of that, that's as I'm good as the match was, it makes up for bad commentary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, there was there was 
just gobs of innovation during that match. Um, just nonstop. Uh, I could have watched another 10 minutes of that match. I really could have. I don't know if they could have done it, but I could have watched another 10 minutes of that match. Yeah, them going all night would have been just fine for me. Yeah. Yeah, oh. This really? would have been when WWE should have piped in the fight forever. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I did like um, Kushida. Kushida. <laughs> like, oh, I guess he's going to join the New Day? I... <laughs> but no great match you are absolutely correct wow so i'm on cage match right now um looking at johnny gargano and on the match guide now needless say the score isn't final um by any means because ratings are still trickling in on it but it's already on the uh the number one match to watch uh for johnny gargano it currently is sitting with a 9.28 out of 10. And fan rating. Fan rating. The only one that has a higher fan rating... Oh, nope, there's two. Um, there's one uh, One of the uh, Andrade versus Johnny Garganos that got a five-star from Meltzer has a 9.65 fan rating. Okay. And uh, DIY versus uh, The Revival... Uh, has a 9.57 fan rate. That doesn't but, surprise me in the least. But I would bet, and I think Fabe probably will agree, that uh, we can expect for Meltzer to give this one five stars. God, if he doesn't, it's it's pure and simple because he's an anti-WWE That would be the only reason not to give that five stars. It was so good. It was a phenomenal match. Um... But yeah, so definitely watch this. In fact, if you've already watched this pay-per-view, go watch this match again. Because I guarantee you, you'll be like, I missed that. For sure. Moving on, we had the second Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Final of the night. This one for the men, Grizzled Young Veterans versus the New Guys MSK. Now, you two aren't familiar with MSK as much um, because you didn't really watch Impact when they wrestled there as the Rascals. So, overall, your thoughts on MSK? Ready for prime time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, put them on the main roster. They're, well, I don't even want to see them on the main roster because I feel like they'll ruin them. But, I mean, at least they'll be a great tag team to push. But, wow, these guys can go. Whatever happened with the third guy? Because didn't the Rascals have three people? Yeah, they had uh, Trey, who um, didn't sign with WWE for, I think I'd read, like, family family reasons. So maybe he didn't want to travel as much as, as WWE would have required him. Uh, oh, Impact, Well, yeah, Impact Records in, in Nashville. And okay. so maybe for whatever reason he couldn't travel couldn't see himself traveling to Florida I don't know but he did end up re-signing with Impact he just re-debuted like two ago on Impact so mm. um, but it, you know there were three people in the Rascals but these two primarily wrestled as a tag team and Trey wrestled in the X Division primarily so they kind of did like New Day where you know two of them were a tag team and one of them did singles matches sort of a thing uh so I think it's fine for, to split them up, especially if you're giving them a new name like MSK. Um, but yeah, this this match was... I, I said this when we first started talking. I am not a Grizzled Young Veterans fan. 
I don't hate them. They just they they weren't my cup of tea, right? Um, I respect them as wrestlers, but they weren't my thing. This match might have made me fans of theirs, if only because of how well they told the story of these veterans facing off against these new guys. Um, the how they were a little bit more old school, but they had to do some of these big top rope moves because they had to adapt to these new guys. Um, this was just a great match. Um, but it finished with MSK, the Young Puck, winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which, if that doesn't tell you something about how Impact, uh, well, how NXT feels about these young Impact stars, that I don't know what will, right? Obviously, NXT thinks these guys are stars. Oh. They bring them in. They don't put them in any sort of development. They put them straight to NXT, straight to the Tag Team Classic, straight to the finals of the Tag Team Classic. And then straight they have the whole thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there were so many things. Um, uh, grizzled Young Veterans hit the Helter Skelter and then the 450 Splash. And... Uh, Lee kicks out. Wesley kicks out of that. Uh, they go to hit a doomsday device and instead get reversed into the move that blew D.A. Fabe's mind, the shove moonsault over the top of another person. Yeah, that, that was unbelievable. Yeah, the timing that that has to take. Oh, it was so good. So good. Yeah. Well, and then so Grizzled Young Veterans hits the, the Doomsday device outside the ring, but it's a suicide dive into the, the Doomsday device. Yeah. What? These two are just manipulating the crap out of each other's bodies. It's, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm watching the championship. So um, go on. So um, the story at this point in the match got told they, they took um, Wesley out outside the ring with that doomsday device. And then Carter was in the ring and had to basically face off against the two grizzled young veterans by himself. And somehow or another, he's able to fight back long enough for Wesley to, to show up again. And they end up getting the springboard assisted neckbreaker to get the one, two, three and win. So they are the tag team champion, tag team classic champions, I should say. Uh, God, what a great match. Uh, I got no real complaints with this match either. You know, um, as an AEW mark, this is a match that I would have loved to have seen on any AEW. So uh, yeah. there's no complaints there. Moving on, we have the women's championship match. Io Shirai, the champion, versus Tony Storm but versus Mercedes. Before we Martin. go there, before we go there, did NXT do that to beat FTR versus Young Bucks to the punch in terms of a, a, a style style versus style match? Possibly. Because here's the thing. Uh, is it MSK? Is that the MSK. name? Okay, yeah. So MSK... I think has more innovative offense. Oh, it's tough to say out loud, especially knowing I have an AEW mark on the, on the podcast with me. I think they had more innovative offense than the Young Bucks. Uh, I'm not gonna argue. That's uh, it's tough to say, but that was just so incredible. The walk. What the Dude. fuck? <laughs> What's that? Oh, I'm trying to think what what could 
possibly. It was a like a movie. weird flip-de-doo suplex thingy, Mabobber. <laughs> okay, so suplex up, turns him, spins him. It, it's like a falcon arrow, only not. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. It's like a falcon Holy arrow. Shit. Like what? That is so badass. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, more of those are coming. Yeah. So, women's championship match. Um, this probably was the worst match of the night. It was and so good. It was really fucking good. Um, uh, that's that's what the, I mean. I I wasn't crazy on uh, Shirai's spot technically with the jumping off of the um what do you scaffolding. Call it? scaffold scaffolding thing i don't know i just thought maybe it was the camera angle that threw me off where the camera angle was kind of weird but i was just like eh i feel like you could have done better but you know that was my only complaint yeah i know well no. when you give me a good card there, like that though, there there was a clothesline from hell sorry <laughs> go uh, on <laughs> no, but I mean, at the same time, I'm sure some people might be saying that too. Like, bro, like, come on, like, that's still crazy. But when I've seen her do so many crazy, more crazier things than that, I'm just kind of expecting her to raise the bar a bit. But I did feel that that was, dare I say, lazy thinking of her jumping off the scaffolding like that. It just seemed like, eh not doing anything for me but everything uh everything else part of the matchup uh maybe the whole moonsault at the end kind of ruined it for me well the um, thing is you know yoshirai her thing is the moonsault she's oh no that i get for sure and so they they almost feel like they have to do that in any of her matches um, but the problem is, like, they've raised the bar so high with her moonsaults. You know, she did a moonsault off the top of a cage with a trash can uh, not too long ago. Um, you know, how how many more times can we hit it with without it just kind of losing its impact? Right. And also, they didn't have a great camera angle and sync for the moonsault, so it didn't really hit quite as hard. Um, Io Shirai wins. Um, she uh, retains. retains the belt. Um, the story that they were trying to tell with this is uh, that she won the belt in a match where she didn't pin the champion. It was a triple threat. And now she had a chance to lose the belt in a match where she didn't have to be pinned to lose it. Um, but I don't know if that storyline came across very well. So. No, but the match as a whole came across great. Um, Tony Storm was fantastic, and then Mercedes Martinez pulled off a couple moves that made you go, well, she should have been the leader of Retribution. <laughs> Maybe it would have worked then. Like, yeah. It was just... uh, that's why I say is worst match of the night, but that's not saying much because it was still a great match. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. And then the match that D.A. Fabe is still finishing is the one that we are up to next. The main event, the NXT Championship match, Finn Balor, the champion, versus Pete Dunne. This match started off as a technical exhibition. Uh, a lot of, uh, of uh, joint manipulation stuff. Yes, and reversals into other joint manipulations. <laughs> yes back and forth between the two of them. And that continued uh, off and on throughout the entire match. Um, you know, I'm a Finn Balor mark. 
And so for me, this was probably match of the night. But I've also uh, an absolute mark for uh, for mat work, and that's where this match had a lot more of that than than the uh, Gargano versus Kushida match. Uh, this was a lot of mat work and and joint manipulation. Even even later on, the the finish for this match was directly related to joint work and mat work. So uh, you shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> uh, but but for me, I mean, there's just so many of these things here, um, and I don't know how far uh, Da Fabe is into this match right now. Um, but like, it went to a place where Finn Balor was Pete able Nevin's to twisting Finn Balor's arm right now. Okay, yeah, that really doesn't narrow it down too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he he just stomped on his elbow. Yeah, yep, still doesn't change anything. Yeah, really, really doesn't. Uh, That's the thing for me, though. I, I find Pete Dunne, oh, like, I get the whole technical wrestler side of the things, but it's just too much. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm my- done with your breaking of the hands, because I, I get that's painful, but stop it. I don't care anymore. My only complaint with Pete Dunne, especially in this match, is he, he looked fucking orange. Um, dude, lay off the sunless tanner. <laughs> Some people just don't have the com- complexion for that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or like, I don't know, get new tights too. I'm st- like, I like you better in your street gear. I find you more convincing as a wrestler. I- I'll I'll agree on that. I don't like his ring gear. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a singlet that kind of looks like he's wearing diapers. Yep. Um. But no, this match for me, like I say, uh, joint manipulation and mat work is is my weakness. Uh, I love those. So um, there's a part in it where um, Pete Dunne has him locked in a triangle, Balor locked in a triangle, and even though Balor is able—that's to- right now. Yep. <laughs> even though Balor is able to get to the ropes, um, when the referee separates them, Balor is out cold. And at that point, Pete Dunne is kind of like, well, I should win because he's out. And the ref's like, well, he made it to the rope, so he had to break the hole. Um, which is able to give Balor enough to kind of get back his wits. Um, this match, I've loved it. I loved every second of it. And then um, I almost don't want to finish talking about this match until D.A. Fabe finishes it. Because I, I really want to, to just let him live stream his reaction to everything that happens after the match. So well, we're really close to the end of it. So Balor's so, awake. Yep. So a lot of this like oh like my gosh. Had, kicking my dad. A lot of this had to do with Pete Dunn trying to uh, attacking Finn Balor's arms and fingers. Uh so that Balor couldn't hold on to him and hit any of the big moves like the coup de gras and the nineteen sixteen and all that stuff. Um like every other Pete Dunn match where he yeah. does the arms and the fingers. Yeah, but here's the deal. If you're good at something, you do it, right? Tom Brady's good at throwing touchdowns, so he continues to oh, do it. Everyone That's all I'm saying. If you're good at something, you do it, right? You don't you don't go, oh, another Roderick Strong match where he hit a bunch of backbreakers. <laughs> I don't know. He does it differently every time. <laughs> no, he's got about five of them that he rotates through. Better than Gunn's one that he rotates through. Oh, let me just do the same one. Find different various Dunn ways. Gunn does that six different ways, man. 
Man, he's got a lot of different ways to manipulate those fingers. <laughs> Fine. There, there was one time I thought he had twisted Balor's arm, arm out of side way around. Yeah. Yes. I, I watched it and and being a former theater nerd myself, I had to like rewind really quickly to watch it watch it again just to make sure. That? Oh my gosh. I gotta back up here. Okay. I really thought that was a ballot reversal, but it was the actual move. So the pump handle face plant. Yep, that's called the bitter end. Uh, yeah, I, I I sincerely thought that I sincerely thought the ballot had reversed it. Nope. Okay. Alright. Go on, sorry. But but uh here's a spoiler. In a very short period of time he's going to reverse it. So Cool. Just Thanks keep an eye out. Yep. I gave you a spoiler warning. Oh. Just stomps on his hands. Why not move your hands, Ben? He's jumping up. Move your hands. Get him off the ground. Going for a powerbomb. Spikes it. What's that? Because he just previously broke them. That's why. So his hands are still technically hurting. That's why he couldn't get out of the way. Because he was still trying to... I don't know. That's what it seems like. Anyways. That's why it's a stupid move. It's not good for storytelling. I've had enough of this finger breaking. But I'm just hating, I guess. So carry on. You are a hater. Yep. Drink too much haterade today. I do like they're they're holding hands there in the ring. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Like let go of my finger. <laughs> let go of my finger. It hurts. Stop it. But it's Valentine's Day, Finn. It's Valentine's Day. It's not Vengeance. It's Valentine's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, because you're gonna freak out over the ending. I just this <laughs> is just, just one little thing after another. Like what? what? <laughs> Somebody has to die soon, don't they? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I understand they're faking it, but you shut your mouth. <laughs> he took the he took the that's gross. <laughs> the mouthpiece out. Yeah, you don't know where that's been. Coup de gras. Yeah, what's so bad, by the way, about taking out the mouthpiece? Why is that such a... Oh my god. Like well, he took the mouthpiece out and then out. he kicked him right in the face. So, yeah. Well, the mouthpiece... Pretty sure, pretty, pretty sure that still would have hurt him with the mouthpiece there. But without the mouthpiece, it could have broken his jaw. There uh-huh. we go. Finn Balor gets the win. No, no. Watch him. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet recording at negative 8 degrees Fahrenheit. That's negative 22.2 degrees Celsius for you to knock up there. Thank you, thank you. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I am joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, uh, currently watching... The NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. Um, so I'm 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 distracted and good. <laughs> also joined, uh, as mentioned before, by our RCMP from up north, JLB. What's going on, man? It goes good, sir. I uh, I uh, you know it goes. What a vengeance pay per view. Um, yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. Just. Uh, pretty impressed compared to even Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble was decent, but I'm liking at least that we're getting some pretty good decent pay-per-views, but we'll save that for when we actually talk about it. Doing good! Doing good! 
Yeah. All, all in all, I think, um, I without saying that it's a spoiler for our talk about it, this was a great pay-per-view. You know, we'll just cut to the chase and say, um, if you haven't watched this, of course, if you haven't watched it, what are you doing listening to the show? Because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. Mm. But, um, but you do need to watch it. It was a great pay-per-view. All in all. And it sets the bar pretty high for future pay-per-views this coming month, like the AEW Revolution that'll be coming up shortly. Well, in um, March. Yeah. yeah. I say shortly. That's still like three weeks, two weeks away. Three weeks. Yeah. I think it's three weeks because they pushed it like to the sixth. Anyway. Mm. Uh, but still, it, this puts the bar pretty high, frankly. Um, before we get into actually talking about this, because this isn't our normal WBU because we had a pay-per-view this weekend, I think we just need to reschedule the WBU to later um, in the week from now on, because recording it on Sunday nights almost every other week where we're talking about a pay-per-view. Yeah, that's uh, legit right there. But... For this particular pay-per-view, we'll get into it in a second, but I do want to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So uh, once you're done with this review, uh, head on over to tatnusco.com. Check out the other shows on the network. Do it. We're going to go ahead and get into the review uh, because there's a lot to to cover for this here here pay-per-view. And, um, and we're going <laughs> to... We're we're running against a, a a person who's still watching the pay per view here, <laughs> so he's gonna be yes. distracted. We're probably gonna hear some oh shit coming from his side. We're about to, I think. You know? Are you fucking kidding me? I I'm gonna just go ahead and say off the bat <laughs> that that we're we're well past PG thirteen for this episode because just knowing what he's got coming up on his end. Um, it was, it was, so what I just watched was the Tony Storm getting suplexed by Mercedes Martinez, sort of a belly to back uh, superplex, but she got hung up on the rope, and then EO does the stomp. What the hell? It's just sequence after sequence after sequence. This is a great pay per view. Y'all watch. That's all I'm saying. Y'all watch. <laughs> this is kind of going to be a watch along slash recap. This will be fun. Yeah. Well, depending on how fast we can get through the first few matches, we might be uh, able to make it to the main event before you're too far into it. So, yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll go straight to it. Um, I don't think anything happened on the kickoff show. I didn't watch it because fucking tired of kickoff show. Well, the L.A. Knight is his name. Well, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the the big news out of it. Um, on the kickoff show, Eli Drake, now known as L.A. Knight. Uh, showed up and officially signed with NXT. It'd been rumored for a while, but now to have him there, um, I think I think it's going to be fun to see him there. It's been a while since we've seen him on TV since he left uh, Impact, and so um, watching him it's going to be fun. But that's about the only thing. I don't even think they had a match on the kickoff show. So we will get straight into the first match of the night which is the final for the premier women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Uh, we had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. That was a great match. Yeah, it was, there's nothing bad to say about that. I mean, there were bad spots in every match, but the, the bad spots were so nitpicky in most of them that it's not even worth talking about them. Like on I, this I, one, 
there was a Go point ahead. where Shotzi did a, a avalanche sliced bread that really didn't look very good. Um, but in the end, there was so much else going on in this match that I totally kind of forgot about it until reading through my recap, you know? I, I would say the biggest botch of this match was Ember stepped out of the way of a Dakota Kai spear, and Raquel caught Dakota Kai, but they were supposed to set up an, a, a double offensive by Ember on both of them, and she just kind of stood there and looked at him like, are you okay? You, you ready? Okay. Are, are you guys ready? Yeah? yeah? Okay. What? I was like, something happened, and why is Raquel still holding her partner? <laughs> so it's kind of, kind of the same thing that I, you see sometime from Shotzi Blackheart. She's yeah. got the half beat and she doesn't quite know where she needs to go yet on some of the things. Um, but all in all, this was a great match. Uh, there's there's one thing that you could consider it a botch, but it, I'm not even calling it a botch because it really was just a error of camera work. You had uh, one of I want to say it was Shotzi in the corner on the ground, right? And Dakota Kai came running in to do one of her kicks in the corner. But based on the angle of the camera, you could see that she was kicking about 8 to 10 inches in front of Shotzi's face instead of kicking her face. And, like, right as it almost made impact, it's like they noticed and they changed camera angles really quickly. But it was one of those where I'm just like, yeah, that kick isn't going to hit her at all. Um... But other than that, I mean, there were there were some, so many great things. Um, Gonzalez ended up uh, hitting her. I don't even know what to call it. It's a it's a choke slam power bomb that she does. Um, where I mean, the person is basically up in power bomb, and then she picks them up and choke slams them down. Uh, it's a phenomenal move, and and to watch watch Dakota Kai and and Raquel Gonzalez uh, do it. Raquel Gonzalez specifically is is just so much fun to watch so um this was i mean if there was a criticism to this match and many of the other matches uh, of the night the only criticism that you can really throw out is spot fest you know uh because they really they threw a lot of of big moves all over the place um so dakota kai and raquel gonzalez end up the winners the first ever women's Dusty Road Tag Team Classic champions. Um, and then now the number one contenders for the women's tag team titles. So I'm assuming we're going to see them come down to NXT now? Let's hope so. That'd be fun. Yeah, something different. Or are we going to have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez head over to Raw? I, I would see. Yeah, I would kind of like to see that too. Uh, I'm down for either as long as Nia doesn't injure anyone. Nia is still tag champs. No? No. Didn't she lose it? Um, I thought so, but, you know, to be perfectly honest, things change so fast on Raw, and, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a valid point. Legit. Too legit to quit. Hey! Let's no. see. WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. Currently, yep, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. They've had it for a month and a half now. If they pack anything more in the first four months of the year, three months in a week, we're just going to have to give up on wrestling for a while. Yeah. There's just so much there. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a totally random um, stat that I didn't know, and, and I actually didn't know um, any of this to be performed. 
the oldest champion uh, to hold the women's tag team championships is Shayna Baszler. Yep, I read that too. Uh, what really blows my mind is how old Shayna Baszler is. 37. 42. 40. Split the difference. All right. But I wouldn't have put her at 40. No, without you saying that it's a surprise, I'd have had her at 34, to be completely frank with you. I I would have put her, yeah, low 30s. Um, The youngest champion is Peyton Royce, who is just a baby at 26. Oh. Wait, wait. Are they they using the same theme as last year for WrestleMania? I don't know. I gotta be honest. Oh my gosh, they are. It's a pirate theme. They're still gonna go back to Tampa. Oh, yeah. Which would make complete sense if, you know, they didn't do a mania because of COVID. Then, sure, you can rehash it. But you're, yeah, just... you're gonna you're gonna really struggle to sell that to, to Vince when they just did a Super Bowl at the same place. Yeah, that's about it. At 59 or 60% capacity. I still don't know why you just didn't just make a whole new thing out of it. Like, I get it. You made the whole pirate thing. Oh, let's just reuse it again. Like, no. I'm um, sorry. Here's the thing. When you're doing it in Tampa at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, it's hard to not use the pirate theme court. Fair. Um, but there's no reason they have to do it in Tampa. Right. They chose that. They made that bed. Now they lay in it. Um, anyways, so the premier Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic Champions, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, they go and they celebrate on the ramp and uh, they make a mess with confetti and um, yay. And then we move on to what at least one and maybe two of the people on this call would put as match of the night. Johnny Gargano versus Kushida for the North American champion. I mean, it's as good as I thought it was going to be, so... The only reason I say I think at least one, but maybe two, is because we've got D.A. Fabe on here, who's a Kushida mark, um, but he has not seen the main event yet, so he he might not feel comfortable saying match of the night to any match yet, because he hasn't seen them all. But... I'm over the vignettes, though. Holy cow. Yeah, I fast-forwarded through most of that. They did a lot of that. You see, the one problem that I have with this, and it's absolutely not a problem with any of the wrestling and everything, it's just you got to choose Valentine's Day to put on this pay-per-view. Are you kidding? Do you know how hard it was for married guy me to to get away from? Yeah. How did you end up doing that? Um, a lot of puppy dog eyes, and then I watched a horror movie with my wife, uh, which ingratiated with me, uh, me to her. So then she said, "Okay, you can watch the paper." Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I, <laughs> but I was like an hour and a half late, so that meant anytime it wasn't an active match, I was fast forwarding. I feel credit. like it wasn't a long pay per view. I feel like they could have done. Well, I don't know how long this is, but there's not much of it left. I have 30 minutes left, so 36 minutes left. Um, and and I know that there's an attack that occurs afterward because it's already showing me the segment jump to that. So um, I feel like they could have had Santos Escobar on this. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they definitely could have. It was a lean pay-per-view, but it's, it's one of those things where I look at this and... 
I I don't see I I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I think if they would have added any more matches to this, it would have actually reduced the overall quality. With even, Santos Escobar? No. Even with Santos Escobar. The matches on this were so good top to bottom that, that even Santos Escobar, I feel <coughs> it would have brought the stories down. That's just me. Um, but anyways, Kushida versus the champion, Johnny Gargano. Of course, they, uh, you know, did the whole vignettes beforehand of, of you know, what led into this. And then a very interesting thing to talk about before the match actually started, um, because it's obviously setting something up, but what? We're not so certain yet. On their way to the ring, so it started, you showed backstage, uh, Kushida was already in the ring and showed The Way with Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, um, uh, Austin Theory, and uh, oh, totally blanking on her name now. The girl. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember so her name. Sexist. What is what is her name? I can't remember it. Well, remind me what you were saying, and I can try to help you. Well, who who are the members of the way? Oh snap! Um, it's Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Austin Theory, Indy Hartwell. There we go. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh jeez. Anyway, they're backstage. They're getting all hyped up and everything, and they they do their little group meeting and then they start walking towards the ring and on their way to the ring uh austin theory's at the back of the line and you barely see it and if you blinked you missed it but dexter loomis grabs him and chloroforms him and they uh, get out there i guess i missed that exactly blink and you miss it <laughs> so they then they talk the- about it on commentary yeah they just kind of mentioned it you know and well what happened to theory but so Gargano gets out there, does his pose, and uh, Indy and Candace behind him, and then he turns around and he looks, and he's like, well, where's Austin? Well, fine, whatever, I gotta do my match. He goes to the ring, and that's it. And that's all they really mention of it at all. Um, but it's a very subtle thing to see happen. But I don't know. It's, it's what's Tell the... a story for the future, though. Yeah, it's setting up a story for the future. Uh, but anyways, the match starts, and this match started off with... Um, a lot of mat-based wrestling, which is really good for these two particular wrestlers, right? They both are very skilled in technical wrestling. Um, but it also turned into just a, a another huge spot fest sort of a thing. Just so many crazy... Oh my gosh. It was an crazy. innovation of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. Uh, yo, Kushida hit his, at one point, his off-the-top rope um, spinning into a armbar move, which always pops me. Jesus, yes. I I absolutely love that move. Um, at one point, uh, Kushida hit Gargano with a double underhook roll-through suplex to a bridge. Gargano defending the uh, superplex into the um, what I what I can only call a cork cork screwplex. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, very cool. <laughs> A lot of times, uh, Kushida would have Gargano in some um, armbar, whatever, submission moves, and, and Gargano was able to get to the ropes in, in a lot of them. Um, you know, like one of them, he got uh, caught in the hoverboard lock, but Gargano actually got uh, over and put Kushida's neck under the top rope and then 
popped back. Oh, yeah. You know, popped his neck on the top rope. So many just fun, innovative uses of of moves. Great. On, on yeah. Um, but in the end, Gargano successfully defended the belt and is still the champion. Um, is it was absolute top tier. This is oh, phenomenal match. It's really nothing I can I can nitpick on this match. Really. Um, the- only issue I maybe had is the commentators just keep on saying during the match, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Takeover. That now I get it because he wins all the takeovers, but can you please stop saying it so that because I, I realized halfway through, I'm like, oh, okay, Gargano's definitely going to win. They just keep mentioning um, it. Well, here's the deal. Number one, his name's Johnny Takeover, not because he wins at the takeovers, but because he's on so many of them. He's um, actually been on more takeovers than any other wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's lost quite a few. Oh, but, okay. But on top of it, uh, they got to show the, sell those t-shirts, man. You know? Well, I mean, I would say the one that, the, the commentary that bugged me the most is... Kushida vying to be our first Japanese North American champion. Japanese North American champion. Japanese North American champion. Yeah, we got it the first yeah, 17 not- times. <laughs> I got it. He's trying to be the first Japanese North American champion. Over and over and over again. Yep, pretty much. So, but I mean, if that's the worst we get out of that, that's as I'm good not- as the match was. It makes up for bad commentary. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, there was there was just gobs of innovation during that match, um, just nonstop. Uh, I could have watched another ten minutes of that match. I really could have. I don't know if they could have done it, but I could have watched another ten minutes of that match. Yeah, them going all night would have been just fine for me. Yeah. Oh, really? this would have been when WWE should have piped in the fight forever. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I did like um Koo Shida. Koo Shida. <laughs> like, oh, I guess he's gonna join the new day. I <laughs> <laughs> But no, great match. You are absolutely correct. Wow. So I'm on cage match right now, um, looking at Johnny Gargano and on the match guide. Now, needless to say, the score isn't final um, by any means because ratings are still trickling in on it. But it's already on the uh, the number one match to watch uh, for Johnny Gargano. It currently is sitting with a 9.28 out of 10. And fan rating. Fan rating. The only one that has a higher fan rating... Oh, nope, there's two. Um, there's one... Uh, one of the uh, Andrade versus Johnny Gargano's that got a five star from Meltzer has a 9.65 fan rating. Okay. And uh, DIY versus uh, The Revival uh, has a 9.57 fan rating. That doesn't but, surprise me in the least. But I would bet, and I think Fabe probably will agree, that uh, we can expect for Meltzer to give this one five stars. God, if he doesn't, it's it's pure and simple because he's an anti-WWE year. That would be the only reason not to give that five stars. It was so good. It was a phenomenal match. Um, but yeah, so definitely watch this. In fact, if you've already watched this pay-per-view, go watch this match again. Because I guarantee you, you'll be like, I missed that. For sure. 
Moving on, we had the second Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Final of the night. This one for the men, Grizzled Young Veterans versus the New Guys MSK. Now, you two aren't familiar with MSK as much um, because you didn't really watch Impact when they wrestled there as the Rascals. So, overall, your thoughts on MSK? Ready for prime time? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, put them on the main roster. They're, well, I don't even want to see them on the main roster because I feel like they'll ruin them. But, I mean, at least it'll be a great tag team to push. But, wow, these guys can go. Whatever happened with the third guy? Because didn't the Rascals have three people? Yeah, they had uh, Trey, who um, didn't sign with WWE for, I think I'd read, like, family, family reasons. So maybe he didn't want to travel as much as, as WWE would have required him. Uh, oh, Impact, Well, yeah, Impact Records in, in Nashville. And okay. so maybe for whatever reason, he couldn't travel, couldn't see himself traveling to Florida. I don't know. But he did end up re-signing with Impact. He just re-debuted like two ago on Impact. So, mm. um, But, it, you know, there were three people in the Rascals, but these two primarily wrestled as a tag team and Trey wrestled in the X division primarily. So they kind of did like New Day where, you know, two of them were a tag team and one of them did singles matches sort of a thing. Uh, so I think it's fine for, to split them up, especially if you're giving them a new name like MSK. Um, but yeah, this this match was... I, I said this when we first started talking. I am not a grizzled young veterans fan. I don't hate them. They just, they they weren't my cup of tea, right? Um, I respect them as wrestlers, but they weren't my thing. This match might have made me fans of theirs, if only because of how well they told the story of these veterans facing off against these new guys, um, The how they were a little bit more old school, but they had to do some of these big top rope moves because they had to adapt to these new guys um this was just a great match um but it finished with msk the young puck winning the dusty Rhodes tag team classic which if that doesn't tell you something about how impact uh well how nxt feels about these young impact stars then i don't know what will right Obviously, NXT thinks these guys are stars. Oh. They bring them in. They don't put them in any sort of development. They put them straight to NXT, straight to the Tag Team Classic, straight to the finals of the Tag Team Classic. And then straight they have the, the whole thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there were so many things. Um, uh, Grizzled Young Veterans hit the Helter Skelter and then the 450 Splash. And... Uh, Lee kicks out. Wesley kicks out of that. Uh, they go to hit a doomsday device and instead get reversed into the move that blew D.A. Fabe's mind, the shove moonsault over the top of another person. Yeah, that, that was unbelievable. Yeah, the timing that that has to take. Oh, it was so good. So good. Yeah. Well, and then so Grizzled Young Veterans hits the, the Doomsday device outside the ring, but it's a suicide dive into the the Doomsday device. Yeah. What These two are just manipulating the crap out of each other's bodies. Mm. I'm nice. sorry. I'm, I'm watching the championship. So um, go on. So, yeah. um, 
the story at this point in the match got told they they took um wesley out outside the ring with that doomsday device and then carter was in the ring and had to basically face off against the two grizzled young veterans by himself and somehow or another he's able to fight back long enough for wesley to to show up again and they end up getting the springboard assisted neckbreaker to get the one two three and win so they are the tag team champion tag team classic champions i should say uh god what a great match uh i got no real complaints with this match either you know um as an AEW mark, this is a match that I would have loved to have seen on any AEW. So oh, yeah. there's no complaints there. Moving on, we have the women's championship match. Io Shirai, the champion, versus Tony Storm but versus Mercedes. Before we Martin. go there, before we go there, did NXT do that to beat FTR versus Young Bucks to the punch in terms of a, a, a style style versus style match? Possibly. Because I here's the thing. Uh, is it MSK? Is that the MSK. name? Okay, yeah. So MSK, I think, has more innovative offense. Oh, it's tough to say out loud, especially knowing I have an AEW mark on the on the podcast with me. I think they had more innovative offense than the Young Bucks. Uh, I'm not gonna argue. That's uh, it's tough to say, but that was just so incredible. The walk. What the Dude. fuck? What's <laughs> that? Oh, I'm trying to think what what could possibly. It was like a weird flip-de-doo suplex thingy, mabobber. <laughs> okay, so suplex up, turns him, spins him. It, it's like a falcon arrow, only not. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. It's like a falcon Holy arrow. Shit. Only what? That is so badass. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. anyways more of those are coming yeah so women's championship match um this probably was the worst match of the night it was so good it was really fucking good um uh, that's that's what i mean i I wasn't crazy on uh shirai's spot technically with the jumping off of the um scaffolding scaffolding thing i don't know i just thought maybe it was the camera angle that threw me off where the camera angle was kind of weird but i was just like eh i feel like you could have done better but you know that was my only complaint yeah i know well when you give me a good card like that there there was a clothesline from hell sorry go Uh, on (laughs) <laughs> no but i mean at the same time i'm sure some people might be saying that too like bro like come on like that's still crazy but when i've seen her do so many crazy more crazier things than that i'm just kind of expecting her to raise the bar a bit but i did feel that that was dare i say lazy thinking of her jumping off the scaffolding like that it just seemed like eh not doing anything for me but everything uh everything else part of the matchup uh maybe the whole moonsault at the end kind of ruined it for me well the um, thing is you know io shirai her thing is the moonsault Jeez. oh no that i get for sure and so they they almost feel like they have to do that in any of her matches um, but the problem is, like, they've raised the bar so high with her moonsaults. You know, she did a moonsault off the top of a cage with a trash can 
uh, not too long ago. Um, you know how how many more times can we hit it with without it just kind of losing its impact? Right. And also, they didn't have a great camera angle and sync for the moonsault, so it didn't really hit quite as hard. Um, Io Shirai wins. Um, she uh, retains. retains the belt. Um, the story that they were trying to tell with this is uh, that she won the belt in a match where she didn't pin the champion. It was a triple threat. And now she had a chance to lose the belt in a match where she didn't have to be pinned to lose it. Um, but I don't know if that storyline came across very well. So. No, but the match as a whole came across great. Um, Tony Storm was fantastic. And then Mercedes Martinez pulled off a couple moves that made you go, well, she should have been the leader of Retribution. <laughs> Maybe it would have worked then. Like, yeah. it was just... <laughs> uh, that's why I say is worst match of the night, but that's not saying much because it was still a great match. Yeah, absolutely. And then the match that D.A. Fabe is still finishing is the one that we are up to next. The main event, the NXT Championship match, Finn Balor, the champion versus Pete Dunne. This match started off as a technical exhibition. Um, a lot of, uh, of uh, joint manipulation stuff. Yes, and reversals into other joint manipulations. <laughs> yes back and forth between the two of them and that continued uh, off and on throughout the entire match um, you know I'm a Finn Balor mark and so for me this was probably match of the night but I'm also a, an absolute mark for uh, for mat work and that's where this match had a lot more of that than than the uh, Gargano versus Kushida match. Uh, this was a lot of mat work and, and joint manipulation. Even even later on, the the finish for this match was directly related to joint work and mat work. So uh, you shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> uh, but but for me, I mean, there's just so many of these things here, um, and I don't know how far uh, Da Fabe is into this match right now. Um, but like it went to a place where Finn Balor Pete was able to twisting Finn Balor's arm right now. Okay, yeah, that really doesn't narrow it down. So much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he he just stomped on his elbow. Yeah, yep, still doesn't change anything. Yeah, really, really doesn't. It's about uh, that's the thing for me though. I I find Pete Dunne. Oh, like I get the whole technical wrestler side of the things, but it's just too much. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm My done with your breaking of the hands because I, I get that's painful, but stop it. I don't care anymore. My only complaint with Pete Dunne, especially in this match, is he, he looked fucking orange. Um, dude, lay off the sunless tanner. <laughs> Some people just don't have the com complexion for that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or like, I don't know, get new tights too. I'm like, I like you better in your street gear. I find you more convincing as a wrestler. I I'll, I'll agree on that. I don't like his ring gear. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a singlet that kind of looks like he's wearing diapers. Yep. Um, but no, this match for me, like I say, joint manipulation and mat work is is my weakness uh i love those so um there's a part in it where um pete dunn has him locked in a triangle balor locked in a triangle and even though balor is able that's to right now yep <laughs> so, 
even though Balor is able to get to the ropes, um, when the referee separates them, Balor is out cold. And at that point, Pete Dunne is kind of like, well, I should win because he's out. And the ref's like, well, he made it to the ropes, so he had to break the hole. Um, which is able to give Balor enough to kind of get back his wins. Um, this match, I loved it. I loved every second of it. And then um, I almost don't want to finish talking about this match until DA Fabe finishes it because I, I really want to, to just let him live stream his reaction to everything that happens after the match. So, well, we're really close to the end of it, so Balor's so, awake. Yep. So a lot of this, like, oh like, my gosh, kicking like that. A lot of this had to do with Pete Dunne trying to uh, attacking Finn Balor's arms and fingers, uh, so that Balor couldn't hold on to him and hit any of the big moves like the coup de grace and the nineteen sixteen and all that stuff. Um, like every other Pete Dunne match where he yeah. does the arms and the fingers. Yeah, but here's the deal. If you're good at something, you do it, right? Tom Brady's good at throwing touchdowns, so he continues to oh, do it. Everyone That's all I'm saying. If you're good at something, you do it, right? You don't You don't go, oh, another Roderick Strong match where he hit a bunch of backbreakers. <laughs> I don't know. He does it differently every time. <laughs> no, he's got about five of them that he rotates better than guns one that he rotates through oh let me just do the same one find different various ways does that six different, different ways man man you he's can't. got a lot of different ways to manipulate those fingers <laughs> Fine. there there was one time i thought he had twisted balor's arm, arm out of side way around yeah yes I, I watched it and and being a former theater nerd myself I had to like rewind really quickly to watch it, watch it again, just to make sure. That? Oh my gosh! I gotta back up here. Okay, I really thought that was a ballot reversal, but it was the actual move. So the pump handle face plant. Yep, that's called the bitter end. Uh, yeah, I, I, I sincerely thought that. I sincerely thought the ballot had reversed it. Nope. Okay. All right. Go on, sorry. But but uh, here's a spoiler. In a very short period of time, he's going to reverse it. So, cool. Just Thanks keep an eye out. Yep. I gave you a spoiler warning. Ow. Just stomps on his hands. Why not move your hands, Ben? He's jumping up. Move your hands. Get him off the ground. Going for a powerbomb. Spikes it. What's that? Because he just previously broke them. That's why. So his hands are still technically hurting. That's why he couldn't get out of the way. Because he was still trying to... I don't know. That's what it seems like. Anyways. That's why it's a stupid move. It's not good for storytelling. I've had enough of this finger breaking. But I'm just hating, I guess. So carry on. You are a hater. Yep. Drink too much haterade today. I do like they're, they're holding hands there in the ring. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Like, let go of my finger. <laughs> let go of my finger. It hurts. Stop it. But it's Valentine's Day, Finn. It's Valentine's Day. It's not vengeance. It's Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to freak out over the ending. I just... <laughs> just, just one little thing after another. Like, what? what? <laughs> Somebody has to die soon, don't they? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I understand they're faking it, but you shut your mouth. <laughs> he took the he took the that's gross. <laughs> the mouthpiece out. Yeah, you don't know where that's been. 
Coup de gras. Yeah, what's so bad, by the way, about taking out the mouthpiece? Why is that such a... Oh my god. Well, like he took the mouthpiece out and then he kicked him right in the face. Pretty sure that still would have hurt him with the mouthpiece there. But without the mouthpiece, it could have broken his jaw. There uh-huh. we go. Finn Balor gets the win. Ooh, no, no. Nope. Watching. Thank you.